yes, yes, he is good. Amen. Why don't you turn with me in the book of Psalms 118. Psalms 118, I feel like my message has already been preached. That's a good feeling and a bad feeling. Because what are you going to say that hadn't already been said, but perhaps the Lord will help us. I don't normally do this, but I am going to read the entire psalm. So if you're tired and you need to sit down, go ahead and sit down because it's 29 verses. Amen. If you're, you can't stand that long, that's all right. I understand that. But all you young people better stay standing. That's all I can say. Because I'm older than you are and I'm standing. And I'm still standing. Psalms 118. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, because his mercy endureth forever. Let Israel now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let the house of Aaron now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let them now that fear the Lord say that his mercy endureth forever. I called unto the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. A prosperous place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do unto me. And really that is a question. That reading is a little misleading because the original says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. Point. Period. What can man do that God cannot undo? What can man do to me that God cannot take care of? the Lord taketh my part with them that help me therefore shall I see my desire upon them that hate me it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes all the nations can pass me about but in the name of the Lord will I destroy them I want you to notice beginning here There's a repetition of a certain word that changes the whole context. I think you can figure it out. I'm going to read that again. All nations come past me about, but in the name of the Lord will I destroy them. They come past me about, yea, they come past me about, but in the name of the Lord. Anybody pick up on that? And they come past me about like bees. They are quenched as the fire of thorns for in the house of the Lord I will destroy them for in the for in the name of the Lord I will destroy them thou hast thrust sore at me that I might fall but but the Lord helped me the Lord is my strength and song and is become my salvation the voice of rejoicing And salvation is in the tabernacle of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord doth valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord doth valiantly. I shall not die. I shall not die. But live. I shall not die. But live and deliver the works or declare the works of the Lord. The Lord hath chastened me sore, but he hath not given me over unto death. 
open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go in to them and I will praise the Lord. This gate of the Lord into which the righteous shall enter, I will praise thee for thou hast heard me and art become my salvation. The stone which the builders refuse has become the headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord hath made. I will rejoice. Ah, I will rejoice. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, we will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. God is the Lord which has showed us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords unto even unto the horns of the altar. Thou art my God, and I will praise thee. Thou art my God, and I will exalt thee. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he, in, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Amen. Wow. Praise God. I think you ought to clap your hands to the Lord for that. I I don't want to mess up my sermon or message, whatever it's going to be today. I hope it's not a sermon. I hope it's a message. But I do have to go back to the middle portion of this psalm, verse 14. And I think here is a key that we must grab hold of. The Lord is my strength and song. Brother Landon made mention of this Wednesday night. That word and is another conjunction of a different nature. It ties things together. And God in his word tied these two things together. The Lord is my strength and song. And is become my salvation. I think there's a key there that we must understand. And that is our salvation is tied to knowing where our help comes from. And never losing our song. And life will try to take it away from you. Amen. Let me talk to you a little while about lessons for the journey. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. What a song. What a psalm. I, I read this and I get so excited. I get jittery inside because it has so much to say and I don't have but just a few minutes to say it in. So I'm going to have to move quickly. But it is so weighted with not only history and prophecy, but it is bursting with help that God wants to give to all of us. It was Martin Luther's favorite psalm, and I can understand why he would say that. On one occasion, Martin Luther said that it was this psalm that had helped him more than any other through great troubles. Neither emperor, nor king, nor men, nor saints could help him, but when he read this psalm, It strengthened him and empowered him to go through what he was going through. Now, remember, Martin Luther was the one that nailed 
He, he was the one that bucked the tradition of what had become of the church and understood a revelation had come to man concerning God's grace and goodness. And so he was bucking a tide, a religious tide that sought to sweep him away. And yet every time it seemed that another wave was going to crash over him and take him under, the word of the Lord came back to him and this psalm encouraged him. Now, the interesting part of this psalm is the way that it is written. It is written in repetition. And most scholars say that it was a song that was meant for participation, that it was not just to be read or sang by an individual, but there was this participation that was to happen between the singer and, and the singer or between the worshiper and the worshiper or between the priest and, and the body that come together for worship. And so it was answering in part, the Lord is good, his mercy. And let Israel say, let Aaron say. And, and so there is this back and forth banter that goes on. They are repeating what they're hearing so that it will solidify that truth deeper down in their soul. I'm going to tell you why it's important that you sing. Not so we can hear how lovely a voice that you have, but so you echo what's being sung because it is in that echo of going back and forth that we find strength and we are lifted up and there is something supernatural that happens that will not happen if you just sit there with your mouth closed. Now, you can be moved. I'm obviously, people can be moved by good singing. I mean, even Celine Dion could move people. Amen. I mean, there are just some voices that make cold chills run up and down your spine. What, what is that opera singer, Bocelli? I mean, you can't listen to that guy sing. He's got some pipes, folks. But nothing happens when I hear him sing like what happens and what happened here this morning. When not just a choral was doing it, but the body was singing. There was, this, there, there was this participation going on between us. And God is involved in that. And there's something deeply powerful and spiritual in that principle that if you open your mouth, and you, you sing unto the Lord, something is going to come back to you that you will not find anywhere else and you will not get anywhere else. You can listen to the best of everything, but just listening doesn't do what sing, participation does. Amen. When you get involved, church is not a spectator sport. It's not a place for you to come with your little book and say, okay, I don't like that. I didn't like that. I don't, boy, I don't like the way they look. I don't, I don't like the way they're dressed. I, I don't like their attitude. That's not what church is about. Church is an opportunity for us to exchange in something spiritual, something that we can't even comprehend now. But one of these days, we're going to be in another world and God's going to pull back the curtain and he's going to reveal to us just how powerful our worship was and what it did when we worshiped him and what it set the stage for and what it prepared us for that we were not even aware we were being prepared for. Do you realize today 
that some of you are being encouraged because you've been through a, a bad, I mean, hellacious week. I mean, you've been through some tough stuff. But some of you haven't been through anything this week, but it's what's coming down the road that God is preparing you for. So God, God brings together, he orchestrates. We didn't get together. We, we didn't talk about how we could manipulate the audience. We didn't sit behind the door and say, okay, now what can we, we sing this song right here and we can play that, we, we can put that music right there and boom, bang, you get people. That's not what worship is all about. If that's your idea of what worship is, you've got the wrong idea because there's no, there was no communication here, but somehow what he sensed in the Holy Ghost that was needed and what God laid in my spirit was needed. They were together and that's the way it ought to be because that's when you know that God is the orchestrator and God is the one that is in control. Years ago, there was an evangelist. I shouldn't tell this, but it's kind of funny. They were, they were hot shot. I'm talking, they were, everybody wanted them. And they could pretty much pick and choose where they wanted to go. We were traveling at the same time and we went just wherever people asked us to go. We weren't being sought out. And I remember meeting them and I felt so intimidated. I thought, man, whoo, I'm missing something. I don't have enough. There's not enough bread in my loaf there's just there's just not enough whatever i'm i'm missing and and then i found out that one of the things that they were they got caught doing they were in one particular church and they were in the sanctuary during the day they didn't think anybody else was there and the pastor happened to come by the church that day and he walked down the hall and he heard something going on and so he just kind of peeked in and there that husband and wife were in the church and they were talking about how the service was going to go tonight and and the woman said now I'll I'll prophesy or I'll I'll give tongues and you interpret and this is the interpretation and they were working all of that out before church <clears throat> now needless to say that's not how it works now I'm sure there's places where that's done I mean we've heard of all kind of bizarre things that's going on under the name of religion. But you ought to thank God when you get in an atmosphere where there's really a holy communication going on between components. And, and, And I'm not bragging. I'm just saying you ought to be thankful because God is setting you up for something. He is putting you in a place where he can do something in your life that will prepare you for what's coming down the road or that will solidify you and keep you for what you're going through right now. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise. This particular psalm has been paralleled to Nehemiah's day. Many believe that it was probably written for the Feast of Tabernacles that took place after the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem. And there was a great time of celebration when that wall was rebuilt. But this is what the Lord spoke to me last night and and this morning, that Nehemiah built in the midst of hostility. He built 
surrounded by haters, but he built anyway. Amen. He built anyway. He sang anyway. And perhaps it could be said that part of what is gathered together in this psalm was what they used to encourage themselves as they were building the wall. And when they completed the wall, then the songwriter put it to pen and paper and they used it as a celebration song when they finally came to that moment of completion. You see, if you and I think that we are going to live for God and not have adversities and not face haters and not be surrounded by circumstances that will try to destroy us. We are greatly deceived. But I'm here to tell you that you can be surrounded by haters and they cannot hurt you. You can be surrounded by haters and they cannot stop you if you learn the power of your song. If you learn the power of your song, amen, and nobody can sing it like you can sing it because nobody knows what you've been brought through. Nobody really knows what God had to dig you out of to get you here and what he's had to save you from in the process. Now, I know we're all dressed up today. We all took baths and we all put deodorant on. We got perfume or cologne on and we're dressed up nice. But I'm telling you, none of that deceives me. I understand who we are. We are human beings. We're flesh and blood. And you didn't get here unscathed. You didn't get here without a few battles in your life. You didn't get here without having to face some ugliness in your life. But God gave you an ability to rise above that. And that is your song. Your song that only you can sing. Amen. Nobody knows what God has brought you out of. Nobody knows what you have been through. Nobody knows what he has kept you from the brink of. How many of you have thought about giving up? And at, the, at just that moment, God's hands reaches out. God's strength comes. A song, a service, somebody calls, something happens. The word of the Lord brings back your memory. And, and, and you stand, even though you're surrounded by all of this ugliness. And, and, and when you read the psalm, you understand what I'm talking about. Because he was hemmed in, he was surrounded, he was harassed. He talks about it being like bees swarming. You ever been swarmed by a, a, a bunch of bees? I mean, you're, you're, you don't even know where it's all coming. You're swatting. You're, you talk about make a fool out of yourself. Somebody don't turn the video camera on now. And that's what, that's what he's talking about. Life can be that way. The journey of life is not this smooth road of silk and a rosy, a, a, a bed of roses along the way, 
but it's filled with all kinds of adversity. It's filled with all kinds of trouble. It's filled with all kinds of issues. It is surrounded by all kind of hatred. Sometimes we even feel like we have been hemmed in, but I've got news for you. They can put you as far back in the jail as they want to put you. They can put you in stocks. They can move you out of sight, but they cannot shut up what is inside of you. And whenever you get ready, all you've got to do to have a breakthrough is just open your mouth and begin to sing. And something's going to happen. Praise God. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise. Woo! Hallelujah. Take away my liberties. Take away my friends. Take away what I'm used to being surrounded by. But you cannot take away what's on the inside of me. Hallelujah. That's why your song is so important. And that's why the devil works every day to shut you up and to keep you from opening your mouth. Because he knows that if you ever open your mouth, something's going to echo from another world. There's going to be a sound that's going to come back from another world. And there's going to be, there's imparted this supernatural strength that enables me to get through what I'm going through. Woo! Hallelujah. Man, I should have took him Geritol this morning. Some of you younger people just roll your eyes. You just wait. I hope I can live long enough to see some of you young people get old. <sighs> Hallelujah. Something about your song. Amen. And you've got to know how powerful it is because it works in every situation. It works in every circumstance. It doesn't matter where life puts you. It doesn't matter where life presses you to or it doesn't matter how it tries to shove you into a corner and isolate you. It cannot put you in a place where you cannot still find contact. You know what's so amazing about the day of Pentecost? The Bible said that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there was a sound. The word sound, go look it up, in the Greek is echo. God spoke from heaven. And on earth in an upper room, there were men that were sensitive enough that they become the sounding board for that voice. Boom. And it ricocheted. And when it did, it turned the world upside down. It turned a city. They came from heaven. How is it we hear these people speaking in our language? And Peter said, I don't tell you how. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. That in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. The problem is some of us are not giving echo to what God is pouring into us. And until we give echo to what God is pouring into us, we You'll never know the dynamic power it brings to us. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. 
Most scholars believe that this was the song. The Bible said that when Jesus left the upper room with his disciples after the Last Supper, that he sang a hymn. What an ironic time to be singing. You've just had to reveal to them that one of them is going to betray him. And the fact that all of them were going to leave him and flee away. And now you're headed to a garden to pray. And in the garden, when you go to pray, when you're needing your supporters, you're needing your help, you're needing your chosen ones to show up. All they can do is sleep. And then beyond that was Pilate's judgment hall and the mockery and the ridicule and the shame and the smiting and the the, the whip of the lash and the humiliation of stripping him down naked and putting on a purple garment of, of ridicule, not of honor, but of ridicule, and then carrying his cross to a place called Golgotha, the place of the skull, where they would come by and they would spit at him and they would say, you saved others! Can't you save yourself? We will believe you if you will come down. He's headed there. That's where his journey is about to take him. And what is he doing on his journey? The Bible said he sang a hymn. And most scholars believe that the one that he sang is the 118th Psalm. Why? Because it contains so much powerful information. Stuff like this. Let them that fear the Lord say, thy mercy endureth forever. It never fails. Now you and I live in a dispensation of time. We live in a disposable generation. Everything we buy is built to not last. So you'll have to buy more. You'll have to spend more. It doesn't matter how you take care of it. It's going to wear out. Because we are living in a culture that is, that, that is used to dispose. We're not used to anything lasting. And yet the declaration here is that the mercy of the Lord lasts forever. Lasts forever. He said, I called unto the Lord in distress and the Lord answered me. And this, notice this, this, this just jumped out at me when I was reading this last evening. And set me in a large place. Circumstances did not put me here. Life did not put me here. My wife or my husband didn't put me here. But God put his hand on me and God set me there. And if God sets you there, there's nothing that can unseat you when God puts you somewhere. Amen. Oh, he set me. Amen. I got to get to that part. He set me. Everybody say he set me. He set me. He set me. He, it wasn't the circumstances of life. 
It wasn't life doing a number on me. It was God orchestrating my life, God ordering my steps. I am not a victim of circumstances. I am not a victim of anything. My life has been ordered of the Lord, and God's going to put down and raise up, and he's going to put me in the place that he needs me to be no matter what surrounds me. Praise God. Gethsemane, he was let down at. At the court, he was surrounded by haters. At Calvary, he was harassed by hell itself. And yet, he could march into that setting singing his song. I wonder how it would transform our hell if we can learn to sing, not after we get out of it, but while we're in the midst of it. I wonder how it would change our whole circumstances if we would quit waiting for that moment of deliverance and realize that I have deliverance already in my mouth. I have a way out of it's already in my possession. I don't have to be bound by that. I don't have to be limited by that, but I can open my mouth and I can rejoice. I can open my mouth. I can sing of his goodness. I can proclaim his power. I can live in the authority of his name. And nothing that life does to me can hurt me. None of it can kill me. Amen. None of it can kill me. Can you say that with me? Life cannot kill you. It cannot. Amen. And in your mouth is a means of deliverance. The Lord is my strength. Now, this is how we read it. Let me get over to that. I'm, I'm skipping around here because I'm running out of time. Not, this is not how it reads. He is my strength while I am waging war and my song when I've won the victory. That's not what that verse means. What that verse means is that while I am fighting, while I am in adversity, while I am walking through hell itself, that's when your song is needed most. That's when your song does its greatest work. Because when you can learn to sing, when you're in the midst of that kind of situation, there's no fire hot enough to burn you up. There is no scheme wild enough to keep you in that place. But God will bring you out of it. Come on, somebody, hear what I'm saying today. We need to shout our victory even while we're in the middle of our battle. When we're surrounded by haters, keep building. Woo! <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Magnify God in the fire. That, do you know that's a verse of Scripture? That's, that's the word. That's not 
some cute little saying. That's the Bible. Magnify God in the fire. How do I magnify God in the fire? Now, you think I'm, I'm, I'm acting weird, but I wish I had a mirror sometime. To just put up here and kind of reflect back that way. And your eyes would zoom in on your face. Because sometimes when we come into the house of the Lord, that's exactly how we come in. Stoop shoulders. Somebody say, hey, don't. Oh, I'm here. I'm here. I'm not making fun. I'm, I'm not trying to ridicule today. Please don't misunderstand me. How do I magnify God in the fire? By living like there isn't any fire. The flame that was kindled against those three Hebrew boys, it was kindled. You know what that word means? Somebody had to work to get it that hot. Somebody had to put some extra stuff on the fire to get it to that temperature. And yet no matter what they added to it, God kept the air conditioning in their soul at a comfortable level of 68 degrees. And the only thing that burnt on them was what bound them. The only thing that burned up on them was what man had tried to put on them. I'm here to tell you this morning that there's nothing that man puts on you that when you get in the fire of God's Holy Ghost, he cannot keep you, he cannot protect you, he cannot preserve you no matter what's going on around you. The only thing that's going to burn off is what's bounding you so you can have a little victory party so that you can shout in the midst of your furnace. Oh, come on, Stan. I'm not through, but I'm through. Hallelujah. My. Hallelujah. Magnify him in the fire. I got another one. I got another one for you. In the Psalms, there are several verses that talks about us singing. Let us sing on our beds. Let us sing on our beds. Now, you know, the first thing I think of bed, oh, man, wouldn't I like to be in one right now? Snuggled up under my little comfy, had my little pillow, my CPAP on. You didn't know I had one of those, did you? Some of you have them. You're just ashamed to tell it. Anyway. That's another deviation I didn't mean. But when I read that last night, the Lord stopped me and he said, whoa, 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 whoa. You, 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 have, the wrong, you have the wrong interpretation of that. This is not a bed of ease that, that I'm talking about. This is the bed of pain. This is the bed of suffering. This is the bed of affliction. What a powerful principle. That even when you're laying prostrate on a bed, 
and pain racks your body and you don't even have the strength to get up out of your mouth can come a victory that defies even death <laughs> oh yeah I see death creeping up come on you're mine now no you're not I shall live and not die Oh, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I like the way the psalmist said it. I shall not die, but live. That's that divine conjunction that makes a difference. I don't want to get into that right now, but you need that word in your life. Because that's what makes the difference. The enemy planned this, but that little word reversed everything that the devil, don't you know the devil's got to be pulling his hair right now because every scheme he comes up with, the Lord has a but for, he has a word, he has a divine injunction, he has a divine interruption that said, oh now, you're not going to do that to my child. You're not going to destroy that soul. You're not taking them down. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Does anybody know what the real difference in your life is? It is not you. It's not your wife. It's not your personality. But God. But God is on my side. Woo! <laughs> Let me go back and read it. He said, all nation. Everybody say all nation. Turn to your neighbor and say, that means Everybody. Everybody. Everybody, come pass me about. But, <laughs> in the name of the Lord. You know what some of us need to learn how to do is live in the authority that God has given us. The devil comes up and whispers, you know what, you're sick. You, you, you got something wrong with you. That, that little ache in your toe, that's cancer. And you know what? Sometimes we do. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, you died. All nations come past me about. But in the name of the Lord, when you learn how to live in the authority of the name of Jesus, Satan, you have no power over my life. All you have the power to do is make a suggestion, but the power and the authority of the name strikes it down and says, oh, no. Not my child. Oh, no. Not, not now. Not today. Not ever. They come past me about, yea, they come past me about, they come past me about, yea, they come past me. I mean, he's, he's stuttering now. Life pushes you to places where you stutter sometimes. But I'm glad he got to the right part. But, I say, but, in the name of the Lord, 
the authority of that name. I am a child of the King. I am blood-bought. I am Holy Ghost-filled. I have been called by His name. <laughs> what can man do to me? I'm just waiting on some of you to break out. Some of you are about to get the point. You're just about there. Hmm, come on. They come past me about like beans. Oh. And thou hast thrust sword at me. I mean, they took a swing at him that if they had landed, it would have decapitated. It would have cut him in half. They took a swing at me, but the Lord helped me. You know why you're here this morning? Because the Lord has helped you. I cannot tell you how many times the angel of death has went its sword and it said, all right, I've got them in my, I'm coming after them now. I've got them where I want them right now. They're surrounded by haters. They're harassed every day of their life. I'm about to wield my sword. And about the time he starts to take a swing, the hand of God comes and says, oh, no, you don't. Oh, no, you don't. Oh, no, you don't. That's my child. Or God just comes and surrounds you. And so when he surrounds you, it doesn't matter what they put you in. A furnace, seven times hotter. When you're surrounded by him, the only thing that's really going to be effective is what man's tried to do to you. I mean, that's the power of what God has done in your life. And you know how you access that power? By what comes out of your mouth. You see, here's the key. The Lord is my strength and song. When you put those two together, then he becomes my salvation. So the truth is, God cannot save me until I learn to connect the dots. And I, I learn how to echo what his word is saying. The Lord is for me. Who can be against me? The Lord is on my side. What can rise against me? Neither death nor life, nor things present, nor things to come, nor principalities, nor powers, nor any such thing can separate me from the love of God. Oh. It's right there. It's on your tongue right now. I don't have anything I can do more to help you with that until you learn to access it and open your mouth and start participating with what God is doing and what God is saying and get involved in that. Ah, oh, yeah, that's why your praise is so powerful. That's why your praise is so needed. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Put it on. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Yes, yes, yes. 
gets some trouble. 